The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are The Bostonian versus The Book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus The Book. How do you like their map? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Wednesday, guys, on a day that should be the last day of February, but is not the last day of February because tomorrow will be a fun day. Matt and Dave back with you guys again. Another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. We are live on our YouTube channel. We are live on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt, both places to go and find us there. Replayed on Sirius XM channel 159 and on Sports Grid Television, where you see a whole lot of Dave every night hosting mate to 10. How are you, sir? On a Wednesday, a lot of basketball to talk about coming up today. A lot of basketball. Um, intriguing yesterday with the baseball, put it out there this morning. I don't ever remember seeing a line minus 280 on a preseason spring training baseball game. And the Dodgers closed 280 and they won nine six. So, first order of business is for the brigade is to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Second order of business is to go and see if anyone can research that and see. If a number ever was bigger than that, Stucky came at me this morning. Not came at me. He just got in the thread and said it was minus 300 when it was DeGrom and Scherzer listed the pitch for the Mets against the Cardinals a couple years ago. I don't remember that. That doesn't mean it's not true. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's a college basketball day mostly because – have you sworn off the NBA? Is this true? Like, are you just done with the NBA period or what? I mean, my numbers would tell you that I should swear off the NBA. I mean, I, I, I have a, I have a total bet today. I'm not betting aside for a while. Well, damn. I sure hope it's under, sir. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> it's an under. Right. I'm, I'm riding the trend. 76% of the time unders have come in. We'll get to that a bit later in this show. I want to ask you about the expos for a second, because we'll get to a conversation about expansion in baseball here yes. in later in the program. But Do you think Montreal should get a team? Montreal's not sure if they want a team. I mean, whenever I see the Expos jersey or the hat, it's one of the most iconic, like of all the defunct, of all the defunct teams out there. I would say like, you know, obviously the Seattle Supersonics are a big one that's out there. People wear a lot like the throwback used to be a team logo, jersey, gear. But it feels like the Expos still are like that team that when you wear that hat, I've seen it with, with people. Like you wear that hat, I've seen people stop you and go, oh, that hat, the Expos. It's incredible. The emotions, memories, things that it makes people think of. Um, there's a Twitter account, the Montreal Expos. I don't know what they're doing, but they're retweeting stuff now constantly like they were still a team. Right. And Every thousand followers, it got my attention, and I immediately started following it because welcome uh, to our 45,000 followers, and they have a picture of Pedro in a uniform number 45. So every thousand, they're putting another expo in that number jersey, and they're actually going up every day. I don't know. I love that team. 
There were so many guys on that team that I liked. <laughs> we could put that in the chat. You guys are baseball fans. What's your favorite Montreal Expo of all time? Oh, Pedro Martinez. In the chat. <laughs> Hartford, the paradise of New England. <laughs> Hartford. <laughs> For an expansion team. No, I mean, he means the Whalers, like throwback. Like, well, that's the, other, the hockey the, one. The other one is the Whalers. I mean, everybody freaks out that green and you pull out a Whalers jersey or a Whalers hat. Oh. Like, everyone's like, the Hartford Whalers. I'm like, yeah, I hated them then. I still hate them now. So it's. You know, they were called the New England Whalers in the WHA, right? They were, they were the, originally the New England Whalers. Were they based in Hartford? Yeah. Well, then that's blasphemy. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's blasphemy. If they're they based were. in Hartford, if you want to be based in New England and go to Vermont and be called the, the, you know, the New England Whalers and have green and be in Vermont, I'm down. Like, I'm good. But I'm sorry if, you, if you're going to run with the New England mantra. Even Robert Kraft knew he couldn't move the Patriots to Hartford and call them the New England Patriots. <laughs> he even knew that. He's like, I can't fucking do that. I can't move this team to Hartford. If I do that, I'm in trouble. Like, you can't call them New England. It's not New England. Oh. Need, I'm serious. I, I've always, I, I've dared people for this. Like, come up with a name. Because the tri-state area is Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. So you can't whoa. be part. What do you mean, whoa? Uh, Massachusetts? No, tri-state area is Connecticut, New York, and like when you watch advertisements, right? The yeah. TV ads look, yeah. brought to you, your local Ford dealer, brought to you by your local tri-state Ford dealer. Right. In, it's Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. Those are the three. Oh. So. You got to find, you can't be part of New England and be part of a New York, New Jersey conglomerate. Doesn't work. Can't be both. So that's, that's my problem. Oh, one of, one of my problems with Connecticut <laughs> in the state of Connecticut is that they go under both. The best Hartford Whaler, Andre Dawson and Tim Raines. That's pretty good. That's, that's oh, pretty yeah. good. Roger Long. Oh, there's that's a couple. Pretty good. They're firing right now. Um, How long was Vladdy? An expo. Long Four enough. years? He qualifies. He qualified to Lionel DeShields. Wow, we're throwing names out. I have heard that name a long time. Right? The Lionel DeShields. Marquise Grissom. Warren Comrade. I don't know. That who's that? Awesome. Uh, From Marty. Wow. CBW said expo catcher, not Gary Carter. John Bacabella. Just the cool. way he pronounced that bat. Interesting. Warren Cromartie had cool hair, no question. Marquise Grisham. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, they were good. They were fun. Uh, Expos I mean, were a fun team. team in baseball in 94 when the strike happened, and that would have been a shot at them, you know, maybe making a run and closing out a deal, and it didn't happen. And it was Do you think they stay as a, as a franchise if they won the World Series that year? <laughs> I don't know. I, I talked to Gabe about this so many times because Gabe ended up being the, the pregame and postgame guy for the Expos their last year. And he said they were done years before that. They Interesting. Just, they just they did in Oakland. Right. Like they stopped caring. Yeah. The stadium got decrepit. Right. They traded all the best players. They became. They're so good though in '94. I mean, in, in oh that year. man, it was so good. They were still I really mean, good. I mean, <laughs> they uh, may have been, you know, trade all the best players, but they still were really good. I don't know. It's it's that market that everyone forgets about when we're talking about Major League Baseball expansion, yeah. and we'll do that later because everyone's so like Nashville, Salt Lake, Vegas, other markets. But I'm always like, I wouldn't put a team in Montreal, but I think if you reconstituted the Expos, you want to sell gear. <laughs> you can sell a lot of gear there's, if you put them back here. 
They are. They are still selling the gear. That's true. They still, it's still, whether it's the colors or like I said, the teams and and the guys and the memories that it brings out. I mean, brother Dan, Gary Carter was his favorite player. Wow. And we wrote them a letter. That's what kids did back then, boys and girls. We wrote letters and we got a nice packet of swag from the Montreal Expos. He sent back to you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wrote who the did A's. you write? Who did you write? Like the GM? Like who did you address the letter to? Um, I think we just wrote it to the stadium. And oh, I don't know cool. if my brother addressed it to Gary Carter himself, but I wrote it to the general manager okay. of the A's at the time. I didn't know. I was nine. <laughs> you know, we wrote a letter. Right. I got a Billy Ball bumper sticker and a pocket schedule from the A's. Billy Ball, what was Billy Ball? That wasn't Billy Ball. Billy B. Martin. Billy Martin Ball. Billy Martin was the manager. That's what they call it, Billy Ball. Um, you know, Ricky Henderson was my favorite player. Which was that before, after his four time stint with the Yankees? That was before the, it all. That before it all started. That was before it all. Seventies. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it goes all the way back for us. But yeah, the Expos, man. How long did Randy Johnson pitch for the Expos? Not long enough. Not long enough for you. Okay. He was there for a blip, right? Orlando Cabrera. What the? Whoa. <laughs> so there were a lot of guys that started there, right? And ended up somewhere else. Um, I mean, Larry Walker, yeah, was another one. Larry Walker was an original uh, expo, and I don't know. We could come up with a Hall of Fame, probably just of guys that played on the expos. Legit, Andres Galarraga, Delino De Shields, Chris Spires was a shortstop. I don't, know I, I, I don't get this joke. Was the expos mascot a dry erase marker? <laughs> I don't get. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that joke. Was that mean because of the colors? Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't get Addison's, joke. you know, Addison's riding high because he just always setting that second <laughs> always. period over. He never had to worry about our guy. He's never low. He's always Woo! high. He's always up. There. He's riding a high. If you know what I'm saying. Multiple ways. He's yes. he's riding as high as multiple ways. Yes. Uh, what happened last night? All right, let's talk about BYU and their win over number seven, Kansas at Fog Allen. That's a 19-game home win streak that gets snapped by uh, by, by BYU. Yeah. And it wasn't just that. Look at these. Look at this, what happened last night. This is not just one loss. This is an historic loss here. So 82-game home win streak when leading at the half for KU. 67-game home win streak versus an unranked opponent. And 19-game home win streak dating back to last season. This is what everyone was wondering. When you bring in these conferences, these new teams to your conference, you don't know what they're going to do when they get in there. <laughs> like no. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida. Central Florida beat Kansas at their place this year. That's one loss to a new team in the Big 12. And then they lose to BYU at home last night when they had that game in the bag. And then the second half, they completely melted. Now they're without one of their best players. So McCullough's not playing is a big deal. I know any KU fan in the audience is going to go, well, wait, wait. You know, five games without McCullough's, what do you want? You put them on the court, we win that game. Very right. possible. But man, the Big 12 tournament, would you bet that given how crazy it's going to be? It is going to be... It is going to be so hard, I think, to bet. All I can think about is how to to book it. 
and how easy it's going to be. It's going to be so. Yeah. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Who, who wants it? Who? I mean, like literally, if you're a book, this is a dream because it, it's it's going to be chalk is the name of the game. And there's no way this thing goes chalk. There's no way that tournament's going to be chalky. And it's in Kansas City, right? Yeah. It almost always is. Let me double check on that, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, so, you know, neutral. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, fans will go. Yeah, T-Mobile Arena and KC, yep. Okay. So, I don't know, four, 138, another line will be six, 142. I mean, you can just kind of pencil them in. It's going to be fantastic. So, I don't know. That's, that's, that's one of those things that you go, oh, do you bet it? I don't know. Do, do the voice. Pre, pre-tournament? No, I don't think you do. Can't do it on I can't do it on, on command, Mikey. It has to be one of the organic things that has to come What's out of that? the show. Which he want he wants one of my voices. Oh. <laughs> From a geek voice. But I think it's going to be one of those tournaments where if you are a sports book, if you're a bookmaker, like you could make four or five teams, you know, three to one, four to one, just say go ahead. Like you can make a case. Houston's going to be an unbelievable team in that tournament. KU is going to have massive home court advantage. Kansas State brings a ton of people. Iowa State brings a ton of people. Right. I mean, I can make a case, depending on the draw, I can make a case for five teams to win that conference tournament. It's going to be an absolute war. An absolute war. Yeah. I mean, yes. does BYU get added to the teams? That sure. Yeah. I mean, I... I'm not sure. Let me think about this. Is there a team in the Big 12 tournament that can't win it? West Virginia can't win it. Look sure. at the bottom. You sure? Yeah. Five. They, do they have to win five games? No. Four. Yeah. Back to back well, to back it, to back. Right? There's new teams. Let me, let me, oh, no. Let me, there's 16 teams, right? Let me look so, and see, let's see, let's see what the, the bracket's going to look like because this is going to be fun to see. So the bracket is going to be... One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you're the one five games. Five games. <laughs> it's the old Big East tournament. It's the old right. Big East. Yeah, it's the old Big East tournament. Because on it starts on Tuesday, March the 12th. This is what's going to be so fun. Because I know people that from Iowa every year, this is their vacation week. They go to the Big 12 tournament. Oh. It's in Kansas City. They get knocked down, drag out drunk every single night going to these games. And so you have, it starts on Tuesday now. So there's two games on Tuesday, the 12 seed against the 13 seed, the 11 against the 14 seed. Then on Wednesday, you get four games. But mm. there is a, is there a double buy? For the top two, right? It, it looks like there's a double buy. Yeah. Holy crap. Wow. That bracket's going to be wild. Let me. I'm looking at the bracket now. So, the number one seed. Wow, they don't play to the quarterfinal. The number one. Oh wow! Wait, top four seeds get double buys. How about that? Woo! They don't play till Thursday. Top four seeds don't play till Thursday. Yeah, you tell me how anybody playing Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> tell me. Yikes. Again. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Maybe it is going to be heavily towards the top four seeds. I mean, they got to yeah. make sure to get into the quarters there at least. Yeah. 
So your top four seeds at the moment are Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor. Those are your current One of those top. four eight winning it? I mean, I can make a case for TCU. I can make a case for Texas. I can make a case for T- for Kansas State. I mean, BYU is eight and seven. I can make a case for them. I mean, get a lot of these records, by the way. I mean, I know people are whining about their non-conference, but Houston's 25 and three. Iowa State's 21 and six. Kansas is 21 and seven. Baylor is 20 and eight. Texas Tech is 19 and nine. BYU is 20 and eight. I mean, over half the conference has 18 wins right now. I mean, my goodness. Only way with 14 teams. Yeah, it's 14, 12, 8, 4, 2. Yeah, that's what it is. But I mean, that's a that bracket is <laughs> holy mother. It is the old Big East bracket bracket that we used to see when they used to play at MSG. So in order, like, say you're the 11 seed, which really sucks because, I mean, it's a big difference being the 10 seed. But the 11 seed would go and play the, the so you beat the 14 seed. You play the six seed. So 11 against six. Right. And then if you won that game, you play the third seed. And then after that, you'd play the two seed. And then after that, you may play the one seed. Thanks for coming. You may have to beat the three, the two, and the one in the Big 12, which could be Iowa State, Kansas, Houston (laughs) to win the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. Come on. So so what do you make? What do you make a line of like the 11 seed to win it all? Plus 5,000? It's a lot. 50 to one? Um, you'll probably see that. We'll probably see 30 and 40 and 50. And Let's I mean, the dogs in the, in the first two rounds, I mean, what do you, how are you going to get a bet on them? Let's see the big 12. And we it's not even up. Like oh my gosh. Fendel, it's not even up. Dave, every other conference tournament, <laughs> there's odds on every other conference tournament at Fendel, but the big 12. Yeah. Ha- um, they can't make. They can't put it up yet until they know who's going to be seated where. where. Right. How That's about the hard that? part. Like a lot of people start coming in a book and asking for that. Yeah. And you're like, well, wait, I, I can't put it up because I don't know who the one, the two, the three, or the four is. Because that's the prices you have to really determine. Well, I mean, conference schedule wise. So if you look at the numbers at the moment, stand standing wise for uh, for men's basketball. Houston currently is the one seed, but they're 12 and three. Iowa State is one game behind them at 10 and four. Kansas they don't play no more. Play each right? other. They don't play. They, they already played. Right. Correct. But they've got three games. Each of them got three games left. I know, but not against each other. Right. Yes. They okay. play 18. They're playing. They're playing 18 conference games. I right. believe. Yeah. They may. Big East plays 20, which I didn't realize that till last night. They play 20 conference games, but they play 18 conference games. So. Houston has played 15 games. They got three left. Iowa State's got four left. Kansas has three left. Baylor's got three left. Texas Tech has three left. BYU's got three left. TCU's got three left. So pretty much there's only three teams that can catch Houston. Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor for the one seed. Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor. Kansas lost last night. Yep. Why does Baylor keep coming up? Like, 
Oh, I would because they're nine and six. They're twenty and eight. Dangerous, right? They're dangerous. There's no debate. They're thirteen and two at home this year, but they're three and two on a neutral. I mean, look, they've got a national championship winning coach. I mean, they've got to you got to respect Baylor without a doubt. I mean, Baylor, they get really hot. They're long, they're athletic, they can score. Hundred percent. Yeah. Baylor should be looked at as a team. I mean, why you in the mix right now? Sixth. Uh they are uh, six, yeah, six, but tied. They're, they're tied for fifth. Texas Tech, right. BYU, TCU are all eight and seven in conference play. What a landmine that's going to be! Mm. That whole thing. But if Houston doesn't win it, do they still get a one seed overall in the tournament? When do they lose? That would be my they're, question. They're Second game, they win the first one and we'll lose the second game. So semifinal, yes, they're a one seed. Yeah. And losing mm-hmm. the quarterfinal, I don't think so. But they lose, they lose in the semifinal. I think you're okay. I think they'll get a one seed. Yes. Wow. But there's a lot of debate as to, you know, Purdue is the top is the top seed this morning. They're the number one seed overall right now. A lot of debate about Purdue. <laughs> so how'd they know. jump Houston? Because Houston, I don't know. How did they jump? It's Purdue still, the, I mean, ranking ranking wise, Purdue, Houston lost a 12 and three. Yeah, but Houston won their last game pretty convincingly. I mean, not convincingly. They had to go to overtime. Yeah, that's why. And, yeah, but we talked about it yesterday. I, I, I cut another clip we're going to put out later about the polls and that guy putting Arizona State in the top 10. Oof. These polls are only nothing no more. So according to ESPN Bracketology, whether they know what they're talking about or not, let's just say because, you know, our friend who, you know, I, I, we have friends at ESPN who work there in it, and their four one seeds are Purdue, UConn, Arizona, Houston. Their two seeds are Tennessee, Kansas, Marquette, North Carolina. Tennessee, Kansas, Marquette, and North Carolina. Okay. So if Tennessee wins the SEC... They may have a they chance to go jump. to the one. They go to the one and jump Arizona. Hmm. So, yeah, I agree that Arizona is not a lock. I would agree there. There's hey. Nikki Caramello. He's back. Nikki got an energy drink. Arizona's not a lock to get that number one seed. They're not. Arizona, Tennessee, North Carolina. Can you think North Carolina could get a one seed still? They win the ACC. Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible. They Maybe. beat Duke. If they win at Duke, absolutely. They got to win at Duke, right? It's going to be really hard to do, right? So they get that win like that. I mean, that's a hell of a win for them. And where's we'll Duke on the line? Are they a three seed? Duke is, yeah. Duke and Creighton have the same seed at last look. Uh, Four. They, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah Creighton's a three seed. Yeah. Duke's a three. Creighton's a three. Oh, uh, I, Iowa State, Alabama. Yeah. That win over UConn is going to help the Jays a ton. It was at home, but it was the you know and over the number one team in the country, and you win them by double digits. That really helps your net rating. That helps everything. That makes you really vault high. So, gives you a chance. Why not, Covey? Why don't they want a one seed? What? Why uh, not? I don't know. Yeah, well, and I agree. We're, it's a hell of a three line. Yeah, Iowa State, Creighton, Duke. Oh, that's yeah. gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to make it tough. Who you face off on, you know, where they're placed. See that hat Whitrock has on there? That's nice. Look at that it's hat he has Beautiful on there. hat. Good job, Whitrock. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, they would be, the, the Jays would play College of Charleston, by the way, Covey. So it would be me versus Covey. <laughs> if that's what it is. A 13, three versus 14. And then the crazy thing, the Jays would play Florida or Indiana State. 
which I got into a big argument with somebody about if the Jays played Indiana State, and I would love to see it play out because I love it. I love Indiana State. I think they're dangerous. I think they could win a game, but the Creighton Blue Jays will beat the fuck out of them. Just FYI. Kalkbrenner will annihilate Sorry, them. Will. We're not even 25 yeah. minutes into the show. Kalkbrenner yeah, will. They'll, they'll, they'll be Indiana State. Valley teams have no answer for a seven-foot-two big. Sorry. You got into okay. an argument with somebody about this? You yeah, because get it, into arguments for 24 hours. Why don't you just relax? Oh, that was long, no, no, no. This is like three weeks ago. This is a long time oh. ago. This is a long oh. time ago. Oh, this, this, is, this is way back. Because there is this big opinion, people who, you know, and I, I agree. They can, you can poke holes in the Jays pretty fast and be like, they're a make or miss team. You put them up against a Valley, you can put them up against a Valley team and they're going to get bounced. And I said, okay, which Valley team? And they go, Indiana State. And I said, good. I hope it's Indiana State because the Jays will kill them because Mac does not lose to Valley teams in the tournament mm. and talent discrepancy is enormous. And I know Indiana state runs this amazing efficient offense and everyone's jumping up and down about them. And I love the Sycamores. Don't get me wrong. It's a down year for the Valley. Okay. It's just not a very good year for the Valley. Mm. So I, I, I just, you're going to have a real hard time. If Indiana state plays the Creighton blue Jays, they're going to have a hard time dealing with a seven foot two guy who's going to dunk on them consistently. And then the Jays will shoot threes. They'll be open threes. I, I please, if the Jays have to beat Indiana state to get to the sweet 16, please. Cause that's all I'm hoping for. Win two games, get to the second weekend. That's when I will start to fade on every future. I've got, I'll bet against Arizona, North Carolina, Creighton Marquette. I'll bet against all of them. If you get me to the sweet 16, I'll start fading them. There you go. So we'll see how it plays out with that. But Nevada beat Colorado state on a half court shot last night. <laughs> half court shots were all over the place. It's that time of year. It's starting to happen. It, that was fun. What's the um, worst way to lose a basketball game? A banked in half court shot from the far wing at home is up there. That's an, uh, th that, that is like, like, come on, bro. Like the ball goes up. You're like, please it banked in. And you're like, are you serious? Like we just lost on that play. Yeah. Is there a worse way to lose a game on an over half court or half court buzzer beater bank shot? I don't know. Fouling someone at the end on a non foul call and then just going and knocking down free throws with nothing. But that's so anticlimactic though. Like it's like, it's like a drawn out, like one free throw, two free that's throws. Right, that's worse. That feels like, is it worse? worse? I don't know. I think it's oh, worse when you get kicked in the teeth like that. Like you just, like, I don't like, know. That, that's a donkey kick in the nuts, but it's fast. <laughs> it's quick. It just, you know, the reaction shots of the guys on the other team are priceless. Like yeah. they're just like, it's up and they go, like the heads just drop. Oh, yeah. Can't believe it's, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, a charge that negates a winning basket. Oh, Skip DeFerry says a half says a half court bank shot is way worse. I agree. Half court bank shot. Like I couldn't believe it. like the entire arena was just like, no. Like, oh, like, no. That, yeah. didn't just, that didn't just happen. You didn't just hit a bank shot three from the corner, not from like mid court where it's dead on. It's an easier shot. The dude was at an angle yeah. and he hit it and it banked it in. But it was tied, right? Like they yes. were going to play overtime. Yes, it was a tie game. Yeah, it was going overtime. So that's not as bad as like being up one and then losing on that, right? So the way that the 
Cavaliers beat the Mavs last night. Like this one here. <laughs> like Matt, like Max Strauss hits a 60-foot stroke from, from, oh. from behind the three-point line. They're down one. They just had a bucket go with three seconds left. The Mavericks are up by one point. They think they're good. Strews, whoa, heave. Nothing but net. Nailed it. Game winner. The sound was like I I somebody posted the clip and I tweeted it too. Watched it 10 times minimum and went, wow. Like it goes in, you actually hear the net sound and then right. explosion in Cleveland. They win a game that they I mean, I don't I don't know if that Yeah, catch and shoot's pretty deflating. That's how George Mason lost last night to Fordham. I mean, oh. they had they had a 14 point lead in the whole second half. Right, tie game or or they're they're down by they're up by two inbound play with six seconds left catch and shoot three band to lose by one like I was just like you've got to be kidding like you have got to be kidding I I was so pissed off last night at the end of that game I was like you know up by 14 George Mason like seriously guys like what was that brutal (laughs) <laughs> Jada, I'm with you. I don't want to talk about it either. Yes, I'm with you. It was just talk about George Mason. That was one of those games where you're just like, okay, yep, that's why it's gambling. Right. That's, yep, I mean, that's gambling. Know, as much as you catch those breaks <laughs> a week or two ago, you don't catch them now and they all they go that way. It's tough. I mean, the basketball loss is brutal. Like it just, the, when you lose the game like that, there's never know, really a, a it, it a is bad. I, I still feel that. that the hockey overtime loss in the playoffs is the worst loss because it's so sudden. Oh, it's just so brutal. It's just like it's yeah, it hurts. Really like football yeah. is drawn out like it's a field goal or it's a touchdown, like the way the Chiefs won in the Super Bowl. It's like the drives are like the inevitable, you know what's coming, so it doesn't hurt as bad. In hockey, it could be like literally one turnover, like everything's going your way, everything's going your way. And then you're like, oh no, <laughs> there he goes with the puck. And yeah. there's your season's over and you lose. Like it's a game. That's why game sevens are so crazy in the NHL. Oh, the game seven finality of the whole thing is different than anything. Oh, it hurts. JR33312, Johnny Parlay just came in and said, rather lose on a last second shot, Nick Anderson versus IU, than ass whooping that you have to watch for 10 plus minutes. As the clock winds down, but if it's an elimination game, a last second shot hurts the most. I don't look, I don't that's interesting. You rather lose on a last second shot? No, I don't think so. I I I said it before. Like if I'm gonna lose, it goes with betting as well. Like pull the trigger, kill me quick. Like I I I don't want it. I, I want to know I lost and I can go do something else. Like just I I prefer blowouts. If I'm getting killed, it's like all right, fine, I lost. Bad bet, bad game, we lose. Boom, close it, you know. Hurts way more when you've committed two and a half hours to something and you're hanging on every possession and you lose on a last second shot. Like that's that ruins your night. Like that just deflates everything. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, James. That Kentucky game was unbelievable. Oh, that was amazing. What a game. Good call, that was, Burger. That was such a fun Good shot. Call. That was when that kid <laughs> hit the shot for Mississippi State, I thought, wow. They're gonna. They could actually win this, and that I'm. I, that's no. a gambler speaking. It is. It is Johnny, but it also. I. It's my team too. Like the Patriot losses where they got killed, 
I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, they got killed. Like, it's just, you know, your team wasn't good enough that day. You know, there wasn't like one or two plays that could go on. Like, I hate the fact that I go back and replay or try to dissect every single possession when you lose by one or you lose by one possession. If this call goes that way, if this moment goes, it's easier when it's just, we got, we got annihilated. Like we got our asses kicked. Like there wasn't, there's, there's nothing to argue. Like who's the better team? Those guys, they killed us. Move on to something else versus coming right down to it in a six, you know, you know, a 19 year old misses a free throw in the game. You lose by one. AOWN just came in the chat and said, I've played in a 72 to 14 loss and a loss on fourth and goal in OT. The fourth and goal hurt a lot more. hundred percent. Yeah. At some point it's almost like the five stages of grief. Like when you're playing in, you just accept it. Like it's first you're in denial and you're, you, you, yeah. then it just, look, we're getting killed. Just finish, let the clock run out and get out of here. It's done. I'd never really been in the stands when that happened to one of my teams. It was always those, like the, the Penguin losses, a lot of those That's games. That's an awesome bad. question for the brigade. What's the worst loss you saw in person as a fan? Bama beat Penn State at Penn State in 1989, I believe. You want to talk about 100,000 people leaving the stadium in complete silence on a last-second field goal. Oh, my God. I was wow, like, what's the worst that was, that was a real, like, nobody I've caught seen. walking home. It was so sad. Really thought they were going to beat Bama that day. I saw the Red Sox lose a wild card game that ended their year. But it wasn't close. They lost like seven to two. Oh, yeah. So you, that's what I mean. You could just got, kind of accept it killed. in the fifth inning. You're yeah. like, we're not coming back. That's it. It's over. They got killed at home. Yeah. I remember I remember it was a cold October fall day, beautiful sunshine. And by the third or fourth inning, it was like, uh-oh, this season's over, boys. <laughs> that's it. Joel, you were there for Bartman? Joel was at the Bartman game? Oh, Joel that's wins. amazing. You win. <laughs> they, what, what beats that? No, I mean, the Buckner game. That's it. <laughs> the Buckner game will be the only one. If you were at Shea Stadium for the Buckner game, then fine. But, man, to be there for the Bartman game. Oh, God. Uh, was anybody in Atlanta for when the Braves beat the Pirates in 92? I mean, it shifted the course of the franchise for the next 20 years. They were going to the World Series. Astros Nationals, Game 7, the World Series in 2019. Was that a tight game or a blowout? No, it was a tight game. Was that the extra inning game? Astros lost that game. Yeah, Nationals won the World Series. Nationals won. Yeah. I have to go back and look at the box score. I don't remember that one, Aiden. I'm sorry. Vinny, you saw BC's field goal to beat Notre Dame? Oh, I I remember that. I don't remember many college games, but I remember that field goal when BC walked into Notre Dame and beat them in 93. That was a big damn deal. My dad was going to school at BC then, at BC Law. That was a big damn deal <laughs> when BC won that game. That was game. a big deal in Penn State because we didn't like Notre Dame. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> that was fun there. I remember that one. Florida beat Oklahoma State in the title game, 41-14. That's oh, a, not Ohio State, not, not Oklahoma Ohio State. State, yeah. Ohio State, 41-14. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I went to the Rose Bowl when USC played Penn State with Sanchez as the quarterback. Right. But we were 13-point dogs. So I knew, like, 
with yeah. the point spread in mind, like I knew we were going to get killed, but I mean, we left at the end of the third quarter. Cause I was like, we're going to beat the traffic. We got to get the hell out of here. I knew in warmups we were going to lose. So it didn't really hurt as much. Yeah. For me, it was all for me. I never use a point spread, but the finality of a college basketball season, losing in a tournament, whether it's UMass, whether it's Creighton, Northern Iowa, Drake, I've covered all these teams in the, in the dances. And when Northern Iowa beat Kansas and then we went to Nashville and they lost to Tennessee, that, that locker room sucked. Those kids were devastated you know, watching the Creighton Blue Jays go in the runs with Doug McDermott that they went on and then losing to Duke and losing to Carolina in back-to-back years in the second round, not being able, because they played them both in North Carolina. It was, it sucked, you know, to play Duke and play North Carolina in North Carolina. You know, even with Doug, you're completely on an uphill battle. You're not going to win those games most often. So that sucked to have those. I, I, I just think the finality of a college basketball season with the tournament, because it's one game hurts just sucks i mean i think about that we went to the grand canyon utah valley state game last right. year right yeah. and utah valley utah tech. state utah tech utah tech yeah that's what it is utah tech yeah utah tech right red team utah tech i remember but i whatever the name was yep. but seeing those kids they were this close to going to the ncaa tournament and they were done yep like it's it's brutal that, that that end is brutal. Yeah, I I saw mostly. I, I think I have a record of like four and zero in the Bruins playoffs. I don't think I've ever seen the Bruins lose a, lose a playoff playoff game. I think every game I've gone to, they've won, including the game seven against Montreal in the year they won the cup. I saw some teams in the late eighties lose to the Flyers. That was terrible. Lose to the Capitals. That was terrible. Just going home, you're like, I can't stand that team. I can't stand those fans. It was it was. Oh, when they but then when they finally win, it, it's that much better. Oh, that's funny. Utah Valley was a different team. Utah Tech. There we go. Losing money on Utah Valley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, true. Yeah, I. Th- there's so many gut kick, gut punch type games in sports. It's what makes the winning so much better. You gotta lose for the winning to really, really matter. You gotta lose. It's kind of like gambling, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, again, I hate the losses more than I like the wins. Just like sports. Well, that's <laughs> becomes... how you know you're deep in the thick of it. If that starts to be the case, then yeah. when you become numb and you'd rather not watch the games at all, and all, like you go through the stages when you're doing it all the time, you you get to that point where you're just like, oh, yeah. I just want to, just want to watch a game without nothing on it and enjoy it. Yeah, of course, and I do that too. But you're right, Roger Long. I mean, it's, it's, I don't have many like Peralt family mantras, but from my daughter and I losing is a monster part of it. You have to lose. Not only does it build character, you have to know what you're going to do, how you react when you lose, because it shows character. It shows you a crack in your character. Yep. If you lose and you're a poor sport about it, and you rub it in on someone's face or you, you get into an argument, you get into a fight or something like that really can become a sign of, okay, something's not right. Like something's wrong in the team or something wrong with you. How you lose in life often shows a lot about who you are and going as, through that as does learning how to win fair. 
you have to, you know, you have to win with grace and you have to win with humility, just like mm-hmm. you have to lose mm-hmm. the same way. Once you do that, then it all becomes, you understand the game and life. And because that's why people want Deion Sanders to lose. Like if you want to talk about like in, in today's sports, why do people hate Dion? Why do they cheer against Dion? Because he doesn't do that. He doesn't lose. He wants to lose with grace, but it's always excuses. And then when he wins, it's a middle finger to everybody else. <laughs> and it's he doesn't win with class. He rubs it in. You sound like you don't believe. I don't believe. I haven't believed it from the beginning. I didn't believe it after that. I mean, like, I think he's going to be a fine head coach, but they're coming to Vegas for the Big 12 football media days because of Dion. Colorado is going back to the Big 12 and they're coming here because they want Deion Sanders to be here. They want Colorado. Oh, they to wanted a trip to Vegas too. Though. That too, but they like worked it's it in pretty good. I mean, why they, in the it, hell would the Big Twelve have their media days in Vegas? Because Texas and Oklahoma are gone. The two well, big no, that's, players. That, that's they they wouldn't do it before. Yeah, they wouldn't allow like, it. It, it was like Dallas. No, it doesn't make any sense why you would come to Vegas if you don't have a team here. But Pac-12 did it. Now the Big 12 is going to do it. Yeah. Mount West does it. I mean, well, Mount West has a team here. Makes sense. Okay. But that's, I, I, I think it's amazing to see <laughs> go puffs. Yes. I mean, you guys should be excited. I, I mean, Dion's what he has done is brought attention and interest and people are now talking about Colorado and they're moving. They're coming to Vegas. You know, I mean, the, when the ad came out about the Big 12 coming to Vegas, Dion Sanders was the guy that they're marketing. That's who they're pushing. Because they've got to change well, the narrative. Knows him too. I mean, well, they got to change the narrative. The narrative is: is this conference any good? A lot of questions about football, Big Twelve wise, basketball wise. It's the best conference by far. It, but football wise, a lot of questions about that conference. Yeah, like no Texas, no Oklahoma. It's a conference full of states: Kansas State and Iowa State, and like they're all the little guys, they're, they're not the big boys. Right, Texas Tech. Colorado, BYU, Houston, like college basketball wise. Hell yeah. College football wise is kind of like, huh? <laughs> Are you guys any good? Like, right. It's going to be competitive at all. So coming to Vegas helps to change the narrative. It, it, it helps them to talk about it in a different way. Oklahoma state. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's a conference full Iowa state, Kansas state, Oklahoma state. Anybody get jumping up and down excited about that conference in college? Wait, say them again. Oklahoma State. Okay. Who else? uh, Iowa State. That's exciting. No, it is. Cyclones. The Cyclones are exciting. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things exciting. Who else? else? Kansas. Kansas State. Purple. (laughs) I mean, that's good though. Houston. Football. Cincinnati. (laughs) Oh, the Bearcats. We're back. And, and, and this is, he's, I can't really argue with big business. This is why they're coming to Vegas. Arizona, Arizona state will be there next year. Absolutely. Arizona state's coming in next year. Oh boy. More exciting than big 10 schools. In Iowa. Joe, the fat panda coming in hot. Yeah. The Iowa people all right. Still up. getting out of bed. There's no debating that, but you have, you know, so Arizona state, you've got Texas tech, TCU, UCF. I mean, these are not, like football powers. So I get why they're coming here. Did you crank up the ads on the YouTube? This is no. incredible. Mm-mm. I'm getting ads all the time. Told you, it changes by the person. It changes by whatever you're 
your cookies are looking like today. Whatever you've been on recently. Oh, I'm gonna have to re. Oh. So I'm getting all these. Yeah, if you delete the cookies, then you'll you'll change it'll change it up. But also, like like Kudigal said, update your app. If you update, you haven't updated oh, that in a while. Today too. That, that'll change a lot as to, as to how you as to what you're seeing. UCF is in the Big Twelve. Yeah, they beat KU today. in basketball. They beat Kansas. UCF is in the Big Twelve for football right. too. Oh God. I mean, Arizona State and Arizona are going in the Big Twelve next yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, it's what? Here we go. <laughs> like, it doesn't make. Like it's just a bunch of like schools they're thrown together because they're it's the home for misfit toys in football, but they gotta get together and gotta create this conference and, and the, they gotta it's the home for misfit toys. That's what that's what the football now college basketball wise, they're the abominable snowman. I mean they they they're a monster in college football college yeah, basketball basketball's tremendous. So that's what they're gonna hang their hat on. They're not a football conference. They're a basketball conference. Mm. You know, it's the Big East. But is it's going. the Big Twelve media days for football. That's here, right? Okay, not basketball, football. Basketball will be dictated by Kansas and dictated by the power players. Yeah, they're, they're going to do it somewhere, right? In the Midwest, the team. Yeah. right? They'll, they'll do it in Kansas City, most likely, where they always, you know, got most people. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, all drives quick and easy. But here, it's for football to change the narrative. Mm. Uh, speaking of narratives. NBA unders went 10 and one last night. Easy money. 76% now since the all-star break that this is one of those numbers that you go like, is this really going on? Like, like yeah. how, like here 10 and one, they're 38, 12 and one since the all-star break. Yep. But the NBA has got a scoring problem. I thought. Yeah, that was a bad headline. <laughs> we still get, we scoring still problem. Or did the books just figure it out? I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Okay. We're into February. We're almost done with February. Yeah. Numbers should be good, meaning a little bit more. The scale shouldn't be 10-1. shouldn't be 78% over five days. I mean, it's just right. it's kind of an anomaly. You know it's going to flip um, probably quickly mm -hmm. where you'll end up with I don't know, 65% a couple days in a row to the overs, but maybe not. I don't know. There's certain teams that like, just like the hockey, they're in this rhythmic pattern, playing the same game, no matter who they're playing their opponent. So I have a question for you. Yes. Because I think this is important to look at opening numbers for totals. Cause I did a lot of work last night on totals in the NBA. Mm. So there's a lot of these sites that, post the opening number, right? What the open number was? Yeah. Is that the open or is that the number that gets posted in the morning? No, no, no. That's usually the number that the, that's the first number that they see. Yeah. There. Cause there's two games today in the NBA that that is, that is dead wrong because really? Sacramento Denver posted at two twenty eight and a half, and every other odd scraper has the opener at 231 and a half. That was not the opener because I bet it last night at 228 and a half. Where'd you see that? DraftKings and other books. Oh, that's good. The opening number was 228 and a half. It's now 231 and a half, but they're claiming the open number was 231 and a half. It wasn't 228. The opening number was 228 and a half. Again, it depends where they pulled that stuff from. 
So I'm just so that I'm just saying that because as we look at that number as to 10 and one, what the number closes at, that's the closing number, mind you, that we're talking about, not the opening number, but it is the opening number helps dictate where the money is, has gone to pro money to draw the number up or drive our number down. Mm -hmm. Just watch the number, what the books are doing, whether it be copycat or not. So I didn't know if that was just a copycat thing that like the books readjust, like one book puts up because DraftKings tends to go up first. And there's a couple other books as well that will follow that number where DraftKings puts it up overnight. And in the morning, everything gets homogenized and it all goes to one number. But there was a there was a definite disagreement last night about what the total should have been for Sacramento and Denver. Really? Yeah. Definite disagreement as to what that, and I think it was the books trying to find some price discovery as to what other books were going to put up because these two teams played, we'll get to it later in the show, but these two teams played on, on Valentine's Day. The number was 228. It went under by 28 points. In the same venue? In the same venue, in Denver. Wow. And so I think there was a dis- disagreement about, well, is 228 and a half the right number or is 230, you know, is, is 231, is, is 231 and a half the right number? And so there's this all like moving around as to what the actual open and what the close might wind up being. It probably will close at 230 or something, but 228 and a half was the first number that got posted. Listen, there's books that we talked a little bit about yesterday. You know, there's local guys that are doing this. There's offshore guys that are doing this. There's legal sports books that are doing this. There's paperheads doing this. Sometimes there's auto moving software. Okay. So if somebody likes under and a book post 228 and a half, they got to make sure that the rest of the books put up 230 and a half or 231. So they make a play on over. <laughs> Somehow it moves. <laughs> Butchie, I've told you this. When you know how some things work, sometimes you got to help the people a little bit. That's phenomenal. He's going, Just saying. It's not always meaning it. That's the side. Oh, Maybe that's it is. phenomenal. Maybe it isn't. Nobody knows. That is so good. I mean, Don't knows. say the quiet part out loud, Dave. Just saying, these things happen. You know, I mean, I, I resp- there's a lot of people in the space that talk about reverse line movement. <sighs> there's been some phrases coined that I'm like, you know, and I, I've met a lot of these people. And I'm like, how do you know that? But explain that to me. And as soon as they explain it to me, I'm like, okay, good. Interesting. Okay. SoCal just texted us this. Said NBA, NBA this season. Average total before the All-Star break was 230.7 across 818 games. Okay. Average total after the All-Star break is 230.1 across 51 games. So it's down a little, but not dramatically adjusted. Less than a point. Yeah. So, and they're still going under. So at least the books are, the, the books aren't throwing up like artificially high numbers to go under. They're putting up very similar numbers than where they're putting up before. DeFrabry, Skip, Skip DeFrabry's going to be here this weekend. He's going, yes, he to, is. he's going to the Sphere on Friday to see you, too. Mm-hmm. Good Enjoy show. Enjoy the show. Skip, we'll talk to you uh, this weekend, hopefully. <laughs> I asked. I got, <laughs> I got offered cheap tickets the other weekend. I was like, Madeline, do you want to go? And she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, why not? She's like, that's your band. That's not my band. <laughs> I, was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I was like, but it has the whole show. And she's like, yeah, I don't like their music, so I won't like the show. <laughs> Right. I was like, I was like, all right, fine. 
I like the music. She's like, I don't like the music. I was like, all right, fine. We won't, right. we, won't we won't go see that. I was like, my gosh. I was like, we'll be fun mm. to go. I mean, it is it's worth it. Even don't like you too. It is, it is absolutely worth going. Speaking of trends, 18 straight second period overs for the Dallas Stars. They play tomorrow against the Winnipeg Jets. In case you were curious, you want to set an alarm for yourself on this. This is a this is wild. Second period overs, 18 straight over one and a half goals being scored in the second period. I just changed hats because I got to do a hat tip to the boys for this one. I've been giving everybody credit. Been going on Sports Grid talking about it. We did a graphic about it. I said, you know, between Addison, Auto, us here on BVB, we've been talking about it. The Discord, what's the Discord again? The BVBshow.com. Very good. Um, it's in there. You can see it. Boys were tweeting it last night like it's a birthday. It turned oh, yeah. 17. It turned 18. This is incredible. The Addison special. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. It is getting juicy, football guys. So one thing that Auto did up. yesterday, Auto got it live. So one thing you can look at at your books. Yeah, it was minus 220, okay? The books are definitely going to make you pay a price. But if you look Free at game it. game was minus 220 over one and a half. Yeah, that you know this the books know if we know they know so everyone knows we're all talking about it so they're all watching it, Man. but they are you have to be looking at it take the two and a half wait, whoa, 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 where'd that go where'd that go rainmaker I don't know two and a half is that's high and it's not the trend by the way two and a half is not the trend it's two goals being scored not three so over one and a half is the trend. But, yeah, but when there's only one goal scored in the first period, I went and looked back. There's three scored a lot in the second. Yep. And you can get, I mean, minus 180. Yep. It's expensive, but you can get minus 180 on it. I, just take a look at it because because auto got it live. So you can, if, you, if your book does give it to you live, you may have a chance to get over one and a half goals early in the period. If like the first four minutes, it's scoreless. You may be able to get a decent number. Yeah. Minus 130. I did. Um, okay. Good. Saturday? I think it was Saturday. 275. Addison, yikes. But again, that's where we are here when it comes to these trends. It's it's not like we are saying something the books aren't aware of, okay? They are aware of this. It's in the space. It's getting talked about. So they can't really put up two and a half because they put up two and a half. The pros are going to hammer the under and they can really get taken to the woodshed for it. So they're going to put up one and a half most often and pay, make you pay an absolute premium. For it. Wow. Jay Dalbet said he found over two offshore uh, the game before, and it was only minus 105. So that's great. You get a push potential on that. That's a free roll. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to cash. You need it to go above and beyond what the trend is. The trend's two goals every second period, not three. And that's crazy. Big bit has just said, crazy thing is it doesn't matter whether it's Otter or Wedgie. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter, matter what goal yes. is playing for Dallas. That's cr- mm-hmm. That is kind of crazy. But it's also because Dallas is scoring, too. It's yes. not just Dallas giving up the goals. Dallas yes. is scoring two goals. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, that's that's part of the problem when it comes to it. So, I don't know. I, I think that that's a lot of the – not every book offers you live in-period betting. So, you got to see which book you're using that will let you do that. Not every book allows you to bet in-game individual periods or even pre-game. Sometimes they make you bet it after the first period. So because they want to see how the game is going before they put a number up, they may say one and a half, they may say two and a half. 
two is a decent number. If you, I mean, I love two because the push potential is real, but one and a half is the trend, and it's 18 straight. So mark it down. You want to make a play tomorrow. Would you recommend fading or following this trend? I mean, so far, what am I going to do? Come on and say you can't do it. <laughs> it's 18 in a row. I mean, it's going to end. The books are going to be, but aren't the pros going to start to hammer this though on the, on the no? No, they're not betting this. No. No, nobody's watching the show. Nobody's listening to this. <laughs> nobody's. That's not true. Not, pros aren't betting this. Uh, this is not for them. The bots might do it. Butchie's right. The bots might, they may send the bots in after this and gobble up all the fair prices. That's the problem. Huh. Because when they okay. go in, they just devour it. Right. And drive it up. And then you got no shot. Uh, it is NFL cut season. The KC Chiefs have cut MVS after two Super Bowl seasons and two Super Bowl wins for this. This is the guy that lined up offsides. This is the guy who lined up offsides. The guy who dropped the Hail Mary pass in, against the Bills. This guy has a tough time catching, but he's going to be a jet, is he not? He's going back with Aaron. Is he? Yeah, he has to be, right? Like, this is the first piece to rebuild. I mean, there's all rumors swirling about here in Vegas with Devontae Adams. The Jets are going to put together a monster package to go try to get him. I saw they said yesterday that the, the GM, Raiders GM said he's not getting traded. Yeah. I, do, I don't know if I buy that or not. I don't buy any of it. I mean, come. I think, not, again, I, 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 think it's, I think it's in negotiations. I think that that's just public negotiations where if the Jets come and like, we'll give you three first round picks for them. You could see them say yes. You're gonna. Give I'm just saying, first. like, oh. there's a price for everything, right? I mean, it, all it means is that the Jets haven't hit the asking price yet for the Raiders. Now they never, they may never hit it, but the idea that the Jets could not acquire Devontae Adams, I don't think is true. It's just at what price? Wow. But I think MVS is a free agent. He's he's open. <laughs> so there's your first piece if you're a Jet fan to go get one of Rogers' binkies. Oh, Tony was the one that lined up offsides. Thanks, boys. Oh, Kadarius Tony. Sorry. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Stonehands Tony. How's, well, how's JC from KC feel about this? Do you think G Chiefs fans are, I mean, like they're losing guys. This is, this is yeah. where it's all. Starts, well, losing receivers right? is a problem. Like it's the one spot they can't lose guys. Right. They're, they're saving $12 million on the cap by doing this. By letting him walk. So, so the thought is draft the receiver then, no? Yeah, but Mike Evans is the dream. That's what that's what every Chief fan's dreaming about is, is Mike Evans. <laughs> wow. So that's that's no joke. No, wow. that's that's the Randy Moss Patriot type move, right? Go get the guy that's gonna re, you know reset everything for the offense. That possibly. Wow. I mean, but Mike Evans, they're still negotiating. They don't want Mike wants to stay in Tampa, but he wants to get paid. And the Bucs are going back and forth. And we got two weeks basically to find out whether Mike Evans will be a Buccaneer next year. Damn. But that's the guy the Chiefs want. They want Mike Evans. So people are saying, well, wait a minute. If you let if you have $12 million now on the cap, Mike Evans might make sense. You can make a hell of an offer for Mike Evans. So that's the one thing to watch with this move happening. That that's why Chief fans are like, wait, wait, wait. Mike Evans would change the whole dynamic Everything. of the offense. That's the thing they well, you're a home run hitter, and you've got over them. I mean, you got Randy Moss in the tight end. You got all sorts of weapons. You got, like, you got huge. everything. Kelsey, yeah, huge, unbelievable. If the Chiefs can do it and pull it off, it's unbelievable. 
But yes, I would agree that they're trading Sneed. This is a good point, JC McCasey. They got to pay Chris Jones, who wants to get paid. So who's more valuable, an offensive guy or defensive guy? They won the Super Bowl because of the defense. So Chris Jones wants an ex- wants an extension. He wants to be resigned. And Sneed is getting, he got franchise tagged and they're trading him. Like pretty much it's already been there. So that also is. A it has to suck to be a GM of a team after they win a Super Bowl and you got to break it up. I got to trade this guy. I can't Everybody. afford this guy. Yeah. I got to do this. You got to blow it up. You can't just say, run this back next right. year. Right. Because everyone wants to get paid. It's got to. You have a ring on your finger. <laughs> See, there we go. Chris Jones is going to be a cowboy. <laughs> See? What? They, they, yes. I mean, Chris Jones wants to get paid. He loves KC. He wants to get paid. This is his chance to cash in. Whoever's going to pay him, that's where he's going to go. And the defense without him on the field, KC loses him. Uh-oh. Tough, tough. Now, also in the headlines is this player poll that was done by the NFL Players Association. Yeah, where did you pull this from? ProFootballTalk.com. The KC Chiefs are ranked 31st as a good team to play for, and owner Clark Hunt is last in the league. It's tough to win. Well, it's weird because the Patriots came in right behind them. I believe it. The Patriots are 30th and 29th on this poll. Yeah, where's the Steelers? I didn't see where the Steelers were, but you can find where they are. Oh, no, no, I did. Sorry. Mike, uh, A for a coach. They got the, the vote was Tomlin got an A and your owner and, and, and the Rooney family got an F. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> they're trying to build a new stadium in Kansas City. So this might be help for Clark Hunt and company because pretty much the comments about Casey's locker rooms, their weight rooms, everything in the whole like amenities. The team said after they won the Super Bowl, they all came back and they expected it was going to be a big upgrade. The only thing that changed in their locker room where they had chairs versus stools the year before in oh. the locker room. <laughs> if you could pick one or the other, which would you pick to be a in your chair. locker room? A chair or a stool? A chair. Of course. Stools are nice. They are, but you have to engage your core. And after a game, I don't want to be like working out. I want to be sitting back and lounging. You need it back. You're right. You need it back. You gotta. You gotta. You need something to relax in. You need something to take the weight off. Put that in the poll for the for the boys and girls <laughs> to vote on right now in our locker room, the BVB locker room. You want a stool, or do you want a? It's a folding chair now. It's not a luxury recliner. It's oh, a, it's a stool or a folding chair. Yeah, they, they, no, they had a chair. That was it was like a cushy, nice chair that was in the locker room, but okay, it was still so like a desk chair. Um, I don't know. It was, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like a desk chair, like something that leaned back. It was supposed to be nice. It was supposed to be like a nice, a nice chair Okay. on, on that. But Clark Hunt, I just found it interesting. Like they win the Super Bowl, They're still really looked down upon. Patriots are awful, still being looked down upon. It's like, I don't know if you want to have your team be really like, I don't know. It, it feels almost like it doesn't matter if the players like you or like your facilities or not. Like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter for the on the field stuff. No, it's no real difference. Like the players are going to play. They may like it to be different, but it doesn't really have anything to do with whether the team's going to be good or not. Do we need a poll in the locker room? They said, Oh, yes. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Got to get dressed for the game in the locker room. I have no poll in the locker yeah, the room. Yeah, the Steelers were 28th. Thanks, Joe. On all, overall, they were 28th. Yeah. 
in that. But owner was F, coach was A. I mean, good. I mean, some decent with the Patriots. Belichick actually got, got, got a decent grade. He got like a C from the players, which is, you know, not that bad. Right. So, so we'll, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if this helps the Chiefs get a new stadium because this is, if I'm Clark Hunt, this is exactly Do they need I mean. a new stadium? You've been to Arrowhead? I have not. A hundred percent. The new stadium. It looks incredible. Oh, no, 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 and like no, no. They're so engaged no. and. Uh-uh. It's a big home field advantage. 100%. They're going to go corporate and spread it out, luxury boxes and yes. all that stuff. They For need what? It. Money. They need it. Arrowhead is a throwback. Arrowhead is a dinosaur. That thing needs to be put out to pasture. That thing it's, is Really? It's that oh my it's not God. good. Press box sucks. Seats suck. Suites suck. Parking's the best thing about it. It's like old school. They have a huge parking lot, right? Huge, gigantic parking lot, which is great for tailgating, which is what KC fans do better than anybody else in the NFL. Sorry, Buffalo. And they morning, you know, from sunup to sundown, it is all about tailgating. Yes, I are, completely. Are it's all gonna, about the tailgating. Are they going to build a stadium if they do it right near the old one? Yeah, because the, the Royals are going downtown. So oh. they're going to demo Kaufman and they're going to build the stadium where Kaufman is. They'll play. Oh, okay. They'll play while the, while it's being constructed, they'll play at Arrowhead and then they'll move and, and they'll they demo Arrowhead for more parking. Okay. But they don't want to leave the space because the parking is such a key component to the, the fan experience. Right. So like when you go to Royal games, you tailgate like you're at a, going to a chief game because it's the same parking lot. Oh, so, okay. so people go there and like they hang out and they don't go to the game a lot at Kaufman. They'll go to, to the game, but they'll go to the parking lot to party uh, and drink. And so the, the Royals want to have a home field advantage. They want to have a new ballpark and they want to build it downtown where fans can go and walk to bars and restaurants and have it be more of like a urban setting. So that's, that's what they want. They're asking the, the County for money and they're trying to build a new stadium and, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. They're trying to get it done, but Clark Hunt's like, I'm not putting money in the arrowhead. He's been pretty adamant. Like I want a new um, stadium. I don't want to put money into arrowhead. I want to put, I want a whole new stadium. So him getting dead last. Wow. It's 51 years old. Arrowhead wow. is. I That's did not incredible. Know that. you, wow. Yeah. It's super old. I mean, the press box is like a throwback. When you go into it, you're like, what the hell? You ever been to a press box at Dodger Stadium? No, I've not. It is. It, it's that old, it, though, isn't it? Isn't so 1960s? Old. 1960s, oh, right? It is tight. It is small. Yeah. It is. It's different. Like, but it's such an iconic place. Like the Dodgers changing Dodger Stadium would be so. I don't know. And they got more money than what they know what to do with. Like they would be a team. Okay, we're gonna build a new stadium. Yeah, it's L.A. though. Where do you build it? Right. That's, I mean, that, that, that's the problem with LA. LA yeah, it's is not convenient really for any, there's nowhere to put it though. That's, that's the and thing. Like they built Dodger stadium got built and they built up all around. <laughs> they, they like hemmed it in. So it couldn't go anywhere. It's crazy what they did with that. I don't know. I guess so to upgrade all the amenities. Wow. I didn't know that they were trying to get a new stadium. I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't realize Arrowhead was that old. They have such a good home field advantage there. Yeah, they, they and they lose that and sometimes. This is a good point stadium. too. They, they they're trying to reimagine Arrowhead Stadium, if they can, 
but there's also an opportunity to build a whole new stadium. Like the, there's this conversation about, you know, a reimagined arrowhead, mm-hmm. but also build a whole new one. Like just go ahead and just build a new one but for the same cost you're going to do and like put lipstick on a pig. Just go ahead and build a whole new stadium. CBW is like our news hound. He, he is. He's, he's everywhere. He, I love, I love what you're doing, CBW. Um, Syracuse winning last night was good too. I was thinking of you the whole only time when they got last night. So yeah, <laughs> I needed that W. Yeah, that was nice good. But thank you for always day. pointing out these stories you're doing. So uh, the Jets have once again granted permission for Zach Wilson's agent to go and try to find a new team for one Mister Zach Wilson. Hold on. Does anybody want Zach Wilson? Here's the question: If you're if you're a team that needs a quarterback, your team needs a quarterback. My team needs a quarterback. Anybody want Zach Wilson? I'm good, bro. You? I'm good. Like, I don't know. That's nice of the Jets to say you got permission. Go ahead. Take a trade. (laughs) What does that tell you? You ever have a boss tell you you should probably go get another job? I wish I I I was told that. I'm in radio. you're, You're never told that in radio. You're always the last one to find out that you're out. Really? Oh, you're because when you're on the air, you have the microphone. So if if you allowed me to go back on the air and I came out of a meeting and says, go find another job, I can go on the radio and air all that. <laughs> I can come on and like, you know, I could start a mutiny. I can start a, you know, pitchfork and torch party in front of the radio station if I wanted to. Right. So radio, you're never told. You're always given the joke, the, you know, the the Joe Pesci, God, you know, Goodfellas right. ending. You're walked into a room and they put a bullet in your head. Wow. Yeah, there's yeah, no warning. I was, I there's was no warning. Times you should go, you should go look at other places and work. Wow. And, you know, because, and in hindsight, it was because you're never going to get my job. That was that. Now looking back, it was, you know, when a director tells you you should go get another job, that's that's a sign that says I'm dying in this chair and you ain't taking it ever. And then we'd have the discussion. Would it be like, look, man, I don't want your job, but I want to raise. I'm doing the job. Yeah, you should probably go work somewhere else. I mean, this is what you're telling Zach Wilson, no? You ain't ever going to play here. Who would Even you rather when have? this guy doesn't play. Mason or Zach? Which would you rather have? I'd rather have Mason Rudolph. I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, I'd take Mason I would Rudolph. I'd definitely rather have Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would take Mason. No? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Mason Rudolph, 100% over it. Yes. Ask the not, people. They all voted for a chair. That was easy. I, yeah. I, I thought they wouldn't. 94%. Wouldn't my gosh. Crap. I mean, everybody. That might be it. the highest ever on a poll. Whoa. I, I got, yeah, 89 to 10. Um, who would you rather have? Ask the chat. Zach Wilson or Mason Rudolph? On your team. I mean, my team's a Steelers, so I'd rather have Mason Rudolph, but... I mean, if you're the Steelers, I don't even think it's a question. Not even a question. Not even a debate. They're not even talking to him. Yeah, not even. I don't believe they're talking to the Russell Wilson stuff either. I don't. I don't believe any of that. That would not work. Yeah, it, it, it would not work. Him coming in, no way. No, absolutely not. All right, I know you guys have been watching this. It's time to bring it back. It's everyone's favorite stinger. Watch your ears. Otani watches back. 
We will have it throughout spring training. We'll have it throughout the major league baseball season. Whenever he's doing something spectacular, which one game, one home run <laughs> for Shohei or Tani so far here on this. What do you do if you're the Dodgers? How do you get him ready for spring training without getting him hurt? Like, what do you do? How many games? Ask him. Right. That's all. What do you want to do today? Play DH. Fine. What do you want to do today? Watch. Okay. I mean, seriously, I watched that home run after you said it. That pitch was inside. It was kind of middle in, but my goodness, he hit that ball down the left field line. Which it was ridiculous. (laughs) Ball carried. It was probably windy. I mean, it's been windy. No, he said he said the Arizona, he goes, his answer was the Arizona weather is why the ball left the park. He said, I goes, I hit it too high. Yeah, I couldn't believe I got it out. <laughs> yeah. The ball, the ball carried. There's no, yeah. there's no question about it. But I watched it and went, where do you pitch him? Like you because a mistake is gone or off the fence for a double. Yeah. I don't know how many singles he hits. It can't be too many. That would be an interesting. St- well, what number? Fifty-five. Where'd you put it up? What'd you put number? Do you put up for singles for Tani? Hmm. How many you have last year? Well, he didn't have a full season. I have to go back and look at the season before. How many singles? Is didn't he lead the league in doubles two years ago? Uh-huh. Not last year. Freddie Freeman led, led in doubles, but I thought he led in doubles. Um. Let's see. I don't know. Tommy hitting advanced batting. Yeah, my gosh. Went to baseball reference thinking it was going to be easy. Nope. (laughs) Not easy. There's a lot of stats in there. There's a lot of things. You got to use the glossary. You got to use the guide. Standard. standard I don't know what all these numbers and letters are. Just just, just tell me. Just tell me. You don't pitch to them. You have to. Pitch to them. I mean, you have to. When nobody's on base, you have to go after them. You have to try. I think you start out and hope he goes the other way. Just flares one over to left, but then you have to bust it in. But if you miss, it's gone. It's it. So he, he had a hundred and four hundred and fifty-one hits last year. Total um, hits. So uh no, that was it. Yeah, he, he had 151 total hits. He had 26 okay. doubles, eight triples, and 44 home runs. Wow. So, so do the half. math. So 70 something singles. 70, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. He led the league. He led the league in on base percentage slugging, OPS and OPS plus, and total bases, and 44 home runs. <laughs> 73 singles last year. Thank you, Linus. Linus is like our statistician. Jumping in. This is this is this is great. We got a whole seventy three singles last year. Every day. That's I don't know. It, does he deserve Bonds treatment in L.A. In, in with the Dodgers in year uh, one? That's a good question, Raj. I don't know. Like I don't that think was, so. That was absurd. When Bonds was doing that, it was just. I mean, walk him, walk him, walk him, walk him. The it most unintentional, intentional walks that were intentional. And now over it's just, and over it's just, and over. It's just four fingers, four fingers, four fingers. Like, yeah, go, go. I don't go. think you do that. I don't think you have to do that with Otani. Although it might get to that point. I don't because. think you do it yet. I don't think you start the year off thinking he's going to go and hurt you every time he's at the plate. I, I think no, because the problem is you want to put somebody on with Freeman coming up behind him. No, like you, you, you want to put ducks in the pond every time for Freddie right. Freeman. That's no. not smart. 
you're going to be down one nothing, two nothing after one inning every game. <laughs> Latest said there got to be at least one person here is good with the math. True. <laughs> Days good with the math. I'm not good with the math. You be good the job, Latest. <laughs> oh, um, man. Runners in scoring position in big games, of course, but no one will ever get that treatment again. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I agree. I don't think so either. I don't think I'll ever, ever see a team just go like, go ahead, like we'll we'll deal with it. we'll deal with it. We'll go because Bonds never had the protection that Otani's going to have. Not like this. I mean, Otani's no. protected. Like you can't pitch around anybody. You can't pitch. You can't go. Okay, I want to. I'm, I'm going to face Mookie because I don't want to play Otani. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to face Otani because I don't want to face Freeman. Good luck with that. Uh, I, I want to face Freeman because I, I don't want to, you know, face Muncie. Like it's just you're you're not going to get a break until the eight or nine hitters for the Dodgers. You can't walk them. You can't extend innings. You can't give them base runners. It's just bad, bad. I will admit that Dodger Blue looks incredible on him. He looks like he was meant to play in that uniform. I was watching him jog around a bases. I'm like, man, this is a ba- you, you carved this guy out of a movie. This is perfect. Almost everybody, not everybody, oh, yeah. almost everybody. It's, I mean, I mean, at least in the one to six, yes, yeah. they've got protection on protection on protection, and they're guys in the minors. By the way, <laughs> they got some really good players that are sitting there in the minors that are going to come up at some point this year and help. So, yeah. Everyone looks good in Dodger blue. I don't think everybody looks good in Dodger blue, Goroff, but you're yeah. biased. One yes, star. You're, you're biased. So Major League Baseball hasn't expanded since 1998. We're talking about the, the Expos earlier. Right. It's going to happen. This question came from my daughter of all places because we were walking last night and we were playing basketball and whatnot. And she said, name all 32 teams in, in the NFL in five minutes. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing this game, Maddie. She goes, can you? I go, yeah, I can. I don't want to. And she goes, well, how many baseball teams are there? I said, 30. How many basketball teams are there? I said, 30. I said, how many hockey teams are there? I said, 30. She goes, that's stupid. Why do they all have 30 and the NFL has 32? <laughs> and I said, it's a good point. It is stupid that they, but baseball and basketball are going to have 32. And she goes, why? And I go, they're going to expand. And she was like, is expansion good? I didn't really have an answer. Is expansion good? Because baseball purists will say, and NBA purists will say, we're watering down the product even more. That you're going to have two full rosters of teams coming in full of guys who may not have made an NBA or NHL roster or Major League Baseball roster otherwise. That's fine. And that has a little bit of validity. But like when those guys talk about the game was so different when there were eight teams and there was, you know, there was only mm-hmm. this and it was only that, that that's done for I don't, I, those arguments. I remember hearing those like, you know, when the NHL expanded, I was a little kid and there was like, oh, it's not the original six. No, it's not. But the game is better. Now, there are bad teams. There's always going to be. The problem with the baseball expansion is. Are there enough pitchers? Are we going to have a scoring problem in the baseball? I mean, they shortened the games and they made it so we could score more because it got to the point with, with the shifts and the special specialization mm-hmm. of the pitching, there was no scoring. I mean, there was a hit, a homer, a strikeout, or a walk, and that was it. That's all that was happening at the plate. 
now you're starting to see a little bit more, you know, doubles. And I mean, still nobody bunts anymore, but is it good? Is it good for Vegas? Is expansion is bad for overall product? Is it? See, the problem with baseball expansion, I don't know if baseball is going to do what the NHL did because the NHL decided to say, hey, we're going to make it so the team that joins the league is going to come in and be very successful immediately. We're not. We're going to make it. Well, so they I mean, they they gave them every opportunity to be successful. They still had to draft the right teams. The rules were done so I they mean, could Vegas, be successful. Yeah, Vegas and Seattle to the to to some extent, but Vegas more than anything. The rules were set up for a very smart GM to come in and take advantage. Correct. And that's what the that's what Vegas did. Win a title in six years. Kraken aren't going to do that, but the Kraken came in and have been relatively competitive since they joined the yes. NHL. It wasn't as the same. It wasn't, but now we've got two more teams joining Major League Baseball, two more expansion teams joining Major League, and and football guys. Right, there's not enough pitchers now. Right, and now we're going to be adding another two full staffs of pitching to come into Major League Baseball. And I think the markets also matter. If it is Salt Lake and Nashville, I'm cool. I think that works. If it goes elsewhere, I mean that's where I brought Montreal and other opportunities. Realignment will be a thing. We'll have to move teams around. The NBA is going to do the same thing with Vegas and Seattle when they come in. And so the NBA will have 32 teams. The NHL is going to have 30. And you know that's not going to sit well with them. If they're the only ones at 30 in NBA NBA and, and Major League Baseball are at 32 along with the NFL. Right. They're going to add two more teams at some point <laughs> to go to 32 to keep up. Ah. <sighs> It's good until it's not like it, when it waters down the product and makes it just add another bad team on a schedule in a, a city like CBW tagged us in a, in, a, in another story that was on front office sports about Winnipeg's having trouble selling season tickets. Yep. They moved from Winnipeg because they were having trouble selling season tickets. <laughs> they went back and they went to Phoenix. Yep. And I was there when they got there. We got partial seasons I went to the playoff games, the white eye. It was incredible. It was downtown. It was great. Some developer says, let's put it out in Glendale. People will drive. They didn't drive. Like, it's a long way. And then the team got bad. And now they can move from Arizona tomorrow. They're playing at a 5,000-seat arena, trying to get another new arena, and then nobody going to the game. So what did they do? They put a team back up in Winnipeg. Right. And now they're asking about, they got Bettman going there to solicit local businesses to try to drum up support to sell more season tickets. When you really need to address the elephant in the room. One. Yeah, 32. NHL has 32. Sorry. So they had yeah. Seattle and, and, and Vegas to go to 32. Made it but 32. but yeah. baseball and basketball of 30. They got to They got to consider. Somebody put it in the chat. Shorten the regular season. They're never going to do that. They should do that. Which sport? Baseball? All of them. Wait baseball can be a week shorter. You can play 154. So what do you it's, do with the records? You reverse put it? Put a section and you say, look, we we had to shorten the season because we added so many teams. I don't want to be playing baseball in the November in cold places. I mean, it's silly. I don't know. I'm a doubleheader guy. 
Do that. Uh, Whatever you got to do. I'm a doubleheader guy. I, I, I don't believe we always have played 162. We want to play 154. Fine. But 162 has been the name, been the name of the game for a long time. You know, dating back to the 19 was 1959. They went to 162 or 1960. They went to 152. It's been a long time that we've played 162. Just play double headers. Tell the owners to shut up. Stop whining. Stop crying. You play 10 double headers in a season. You shorten the season by two weeks. Yep. That's what I would do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut the games back. I would do, you know, I don't like day night double headers. I would straight do one ticket double headers. Like just play two games. You you'll sell more tickets in the heat of the summer and those games. Yeah, it's a long day at the ballpark, but you're getting bang for your buck. Now people yeah. can afford to go. Right. The other thing they have to face the reality is is at what point do families and people that want the season tickets and their fans get priced out of the building? Like I know people that have had tickets since they got here to Vegas. They're done. That's it. They're not going no more. They sell the majority of the tickets hope to catch lightning in a bottle like they did last year and go to all right. the playoff games right. or sell one round to pay for the whole thing. Yep. Okay. But then it becomes a business and it is a business, but you need fans to support it. I don't know. I, I don't know if expansion, I mean, I mean, for us selfishly, more sports is great, but we need more meaningless baseball in September. <laughs> you know? If there's two more bad teams, like nobody pays attention to it after Labor Day anyway. I just think, think if you're fans. if you're going to expand baseball, I just think you have to be very careful with where you're going, because if you create another Oakland, I don't care how nice your ballpark is, you better have an owner that's committed, right, to being a hundred percent in on winning. Like none of this, like, oh, I got a window or I have rope to play out because I gave the team, you know, I brought the team to this franchise. This franchise became a reality in this market. So the glow and the buzz of a new team, you, you can't just rest on that. Like you got to come in, you got to want to win. Like you got to, you know, sign players, you got to be competitive. Like the one thing that Vegas did, the Golden Knights, which was brilliant. Yes, they drafted really well. And yes, they were able to pull real players off other rosters that they were able to scout and create their roster, but they committed to spending and winning. I mean, they went to the cup finals in the first year, but then they had to go and add guys like Mark Stone and guys had to come in and and players they had to develop, goaltenders they had to develop. Like they invested in the product to win and Bill Foley wanted to win. Who gets it and who's the owner? is really important to me for major league baseball, because if the team sucks, no way it's a, it's a bad, bad situation. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And then it just becomes another franchise and they don't need another franchise. They need, they need more of that. What you just described, you know, they need more. Elevate you can't the control the wins and losses, but you can control well, your the, commitment. the effort. Yeah, your commitment you can control. Right. How, how committed are you to winning? Are you going to yeah. bring in players? Are you going to sign players, trade for players? I mean, every year, I mean, this is one reason why they made some big changes in Vegas after year four, but they swung for the fences all the time. Like Max Pacioretty was a complete, like it didn't work, but they swung for the fences here in Vegas to get elite players to come in, trying to get over the hump and win the cup. The problem with baseball is that you have owners that literally never will do that. Well, it, but 
it's partly because the way the way one the free agent system is kind of stacked against them. I mean, like what's going on in Philly's kind of bizarre right now. I'm reading stories about you know Harper wants an extension on a ten year deal, two years in. What what what? Like hold on, and yeah. and so now he's going to talk about you know through the agent that he's going to get traded to the West coast and the giants are talking about it and all this. I'm like, wait a second. This guy has embraced being in Philadelphia more than anybody has in the last five to 10 years, signed a long-term deal. And it's already changing where a team like the Knights would try something a year, two years ago. It's not working. Got to go. we got to bring in somebody new. They changed coaches. I mean, there was a lot of hubbub about changing coaches. They change. They weren't afraid to make moves, keep mm-hmm. core together, but make moves to add, and not afraid to cut bait when it didn't work. Trying to get rid of a guy in a baseball when he's making $35, 40000000 million a year, like impossible. So it's it's a different thing, you know. I mean, the NBA. I think they swing the other way, pendulum. They're changing all the time. You don't know who's on what team. Right. Stars are going here or there quick. The bench. I mean, we would try to do the numbers in the summer for the NBA before the draft. I don't even know who's on the team. There's four guys on the roster right now. I don't know. Right. What do you want? 25 to one to win a championship? Go ahead. I don't know. You know, and then one guy signs at the NBA and it's like, whoo, swing the odds a lot. So. Because basketball is, I mean, there's only five guys on the floor at a right. time. So it changes baseball. You have nine football, you have 11. So it's different. So like, that's the problem. I think for major league baseball expansion, like we know NBA, we know the NBA is going to Seattle and Vegas. It's a really unkept secret. Everyone knows that's where it's going. It's a matter of when sometime, I guess this summer, there's going to be the expectation of announcements saying, okay, here's where we're going. Who owns the teams? But the NBA really doesn't have the problems that Major League Baseball has because of the structure, the way it's set up, the way the, right. the rules are, the way the contracts are structured. Baseball's got to be careful. They, they got to be careful. If the expansion's great, but don't just expand for expansion's sake. Like do it because it's going to make the game better, not because you want the expansion fee or you want those markets to you know for TV revenue or whatever. Got to be got to be careful. All right, to games tonight. Denver's laying eight to Sacramento. Total is 231, like I mentioned. Well, Lady Eight with, with, no. With, no. with them. No, not really. No. Not not. I mean, again, you can get me to have really no opinion on an NBA game between two pretty good teams. We just put it between seven and eight on the number. And mm, I go, I'm, I'm good. Yep, pass. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Sacramento is 18, 11, and two on the road to the under. Denver is 16 and 11 to the under at home. Under, I like. Against the Western Conference, Denver is 23 and 12 to the under. Sacramento is 19, 16, and two Mm. to the under. Yeah. But seven, two, and one to the over for Sacramento over the last 10 games. So these two teams played two weeks ago, went under by 28 points. So, dog. I mean, the first look would be dog and under. Yep. Clippers are laying three and a half to the Lakers. And it's not even a question. You know Clippers. how I feel about the Lakers. Clippers, right? It has to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 why is it only three and a half? 
Because LeBron hasn't been officially for the Clippers. Because LeBron has well, Paul the George day about the Knicks and then well, Paul George didn't play. Nobody played. Yeah. We were doing the show. It was three and a half, four, close six and a half. They lost by fifteen. Yeah, Paul George is out uh, for the Clippers. Yeah. So that's why LeBron's out. Paul George is out. Still like Clippers personally. Under possibly two, but Lakers haven't been playing a lick of defense lately. So that's the problem with the Lakers. It's probably betting the under in the Lakers game. Three and a half. Wow, I'm surprised this line's is slow. Yeah, Lakers, they're technically the road team tonight. But yeah, that's always fun. Right. I gotta I go mean, to one of these games. 20 and 12. Lakers the, Clippers game. Lakers on the road are 20 and 12. If you buy this being a road game. It's not a road game. Stop saying that. <laughs> the well, same building. They go to the Clipper, same locker room. It's Clippers. They just changed the the floor and the, and the, lighting. the labels outside. And the lighting. That's it. Oh, because they do that dark lighting. For the Lakers. For the Lakers. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's that's the only difference between, between the two. Yes, Caitlin Clark plays tonight, too. Yes. Next game is the game everybody will watch. She'll break the scoring record next game. Not this game. What scoring record? She just broke one. No, that was the women's one. Oh, she breaks. I think she's break the all time college basketball scoring. scoring record, career scoring record. Yeah. Wow. She's fifty one points away from it. Jeez, I believe so. She plays uh, at Illinois tonight, right? For her tonight, I don't know who they play. Illinois, I believe tonight. Mm. I was looking for a number. Addison, nobody cares. Sorry. No one cares. Lewis Hamilton, who's that? <laughs> F1 writer. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's the pistol, it's the pistol Pete scoring record. She's gonna break. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's got, 50, she's got three games to get 51 points. She's getting it next game. It's against Ohio State. I think FanDuel has the numbers where you can bet what quarter she breaks the record in. First, second, third, or fourth. Man, it put, people putting bets on everything. <laughs> It's not, really? not, not a bad market, though. Uh, Auburn, Tennessee, game of the night in college basketball. Good. This awesome is a good game. game. Awesome game in college basketball. Auburn, Auburn has been. stinks on the road, though. They do. You're right. They're, they, I wouldn't say stinks, but they're far less competitive. Come they are on. eight They are eight and five ATS, though. They have a winning record on the road? Against the number. Yeah. Wow. That's the I number. I guess yeah. it was guess it was 500 or worse. So they beat Georgia and covered in the last road game, but that's because it was Georgia uh, against Florida. They lost and did not cover. It did against Mississippi State. I was on Ole Miss in that game. They won by 14 points. They're laying three. I took the home dog there. That didn't come in. They lost on the road to Mississippi State, lost on the road to Alabama. So, but tonight, man, this number seven and a half, nine, four and one for Tennessee ATS at home this year. They are three and two over the last five, six and four over the last 10. This is heavy. This is heavy. You like Auburn? This is heavy. I think Tennessee wins, but this is heavy. Yeah, I I, I totally agree, Jade Out. I, I like Tennessee, but don't love seven and a half. All right. Put put it in the chat, boys. Who you, who you got in this game? Yeah. I, it's, I think I would lay it before I would take it. Ooh, you think Auburn gets killed? I this think is, they lose by 10. Uh, Auburn being this is the biggest number that they've been a dog. Yeah, this is the biggest dog price all year on Auburn. Oh man, that's screaming out to me. Woo! To take Tennessee? Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Years. Tennessee at home, like laying seven. They beat Illinois by seven. They're laying seven and a half. That's on the road. Um, they've been big favorites at home this year. Yep. 
laid 11 against Texas A&M, laid 20 against Vanderbilt, laid 14 against LSU, laid 14 against South Carolina. They're three and one so far, laid five and a half against Alabama, covered that, laid seven, uh, laid 10 against Georgia, or sorry, against Florida, covered that. Yeah. They've covered a lot of big numbers at home against Ole Miss. So, okay. Tennessee to whip them. I don't, I, it's I don't, more of Auburn's on the road. I'm not, okay. I'm not sold. Fair. Seven and a half seems, seems money line it. Yeah. Roger Long, if you want to pay the price, sure. Providence at number five, Marquette tonight. This is, is going to be, I mean, one, Providence is desperate, but 11 and a half now. The number's up to 11 and a half. This is too high. No. 10 and two over the last 10 for Marquette ATS, 10 and four. But Providence is eight and three ATS on the road. That's what I mean. Isn't that so? When you look at that, I'm leaning dog here. I think so too. I didn't bet it, but I, I don't. I don't mind the dog play. Seton Hall is at Creighton tonight, laying eight and a half after the loss to St. John's. Bounce back spot for the Jays here. Probably right. They're six and eight ATS at home though. Seven and ten in the AC. In, what in about the uh, Seton Hall's road? Seton Hall's covered uh, on the road. They're five and seven, but they've covered their last three games. One on the road. They won at St. John's, where the Jays just lost. Yeah, I don't think Creighton covers this. No. Mm-mm. I trust your judgment on that. <laughs> didn't bet it. Didn't bet it. But if I was going to bet it, I would. I would say this is too heavy. Eight and a half is is a lot. Jadell likes he, he likes Creighton to lay it on a bounce back spot. Very possible for them to bounce back. You could do a money line parlay. You could do Creighton, um, a Jays and volunteer parlay if you want. That's not bad. I mean, you're going to pay juice on that. Probably one fifty, but right. That's not that's not a horrible play. The other game is really interesting. Is Alabama's a road favorite against Ole Miss. Ole Miss at home is a totally different team than they are on the road. Right. This I was Dog. I mean they're Bama's five and eight. Did on you the road. say you were swearing off road favorites too? I'm not betting. I'm not saying I'm betting this. I'm not betting it. I am swearing it off, but I'm just telling you what I would bet. I'm not saying what I am betting. Bama blowout, Covey says. Wow. Bama blow. I mean, so what Ole Miss is just dead? Bama all day. Yeah, Covey likes the hall. I do. Bama by 20, Covey. 20. Wow. Wow. I don't know about that. I'm going to go in there and crush Ole Miss. Ole Miss has had, they, they got some big wins at home this year. Joe, they, Mo, Joe Mogan says over to what's the total in that game? Uh, 166 and a half. Bama totals over have been pretty good. Oh my gosh. Look at the, uh, let's see. Alabama on the at home. Uh, sorry, 10 and three to the over on the road for Alabama. Play. Eight and eight for Ole Miss. Uh, Bama's last, oh my gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the last eight games for Alabama over and over some big numbers over to 176, Kentucky, 174 and a half, Florida, 160 and a half, Texas A&M, 169, LSU, 161 and a half, Auburn, all overs. Wow. How about that? There we go. Eight and two over the last 10 home or road. Okay. I'm down. I'll, I'm over to. I may, you guys may have, may have talked me into that. I may actually, I may need to bet that. I like that bet. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's ride there. Uh, and then finally, South Carolina ranked on the road dog. A&M is the last team in the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi. Oh, they're going to bet them, huh? Bubblicious. Yeah. This is a bubblicious game. Yeah. They AM needs this in a big way. 
134 is the total. South Carolina is 10 and 2 on the road ATS. Covey says bad matchup. He's in South South Carolina. I like dog, but I I didn't bet it. I get the point though. Number is very four and nine A&M ATS at home this year. Last four games they haven't covered. They've lost them all. I mean, they are leaking oil in a big way. They need a win. This is pure desperation for the Aggies tonight at home. Complete and total panic mode for them. Man. Open to three and a half, right to five and a half. Right. Tough situation there. Yeah, I, I don't like that game at all. Tough, tough, tough. If you guys are with us live on Twitter and YouTube, don't move. If you're with us on SiriusXM or on SportsGrid, thanks for being here. We appreciate you guys being here every single weekday and, and on Saturdays for SportsGrid as well for us here with BVB. We're back tomorrow, same place, same time. For you guys live, do not move. Bonus time hits you right now. Whatever you did to the sound of the stingers is perfect. Didn't do anything. Didn't do anything? Didn't do anything. Do you have the proxy service stinger? That was a little louder. <laughs> Told you didn't do I didn't do anything. <laughs> that one is definitely a little bit louder. You asked for it. I mean, <laughs> I, believe me, listen, I love it. We call it up like that, the brigade proxy service, which we're gonna run back again this football season. If you guys are thinking about joining the contest, you should do it. You should come out. We'll meet you at the book, various locations throughout the valley. Ideally, probably uh, we'll see it. <laughs> Speakers are still blown. Yes, speakers uh, are still blown. But Covey, you need to explain this to me. Why are desperate? Why is betting desperation a bad thing in late February? Well, because I- it's built into the number. It's built into the number, so it's not. It's it, again. You said it earlier. The book knows. The book does know. So, a lot of times, the team have to win. Leave you having to, you know, deposit in your account again. It's it's, it's just seen it for years. Desperation teams. Yeah, don't. But if you bet the so is it is it baked into the opening number too? Sometimes, listen, I didn't mean to say it, Butchie. Butchie, if you're still here, I didn't mean to say it. Sometimes those opening numbers are bullshit. Of course, well, that's the truth. Sometimes they're bullshit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that I know that give me shit. Of, oh, why always bad rap and CLV? Well, because the opening numbers bullshit. Oh. Oh. Okay. You can do the CLV can. We like it. Okay. You know, conversation turns, you know, when you, when you give them an answer that they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a brigade proxy service though. That's that stinger. I like, we're going to have to bring that back on a regular basis. That might be like Tuesday something. Yeah. We'll do that for sure. Better to. String the, I like when you string the stingers together like that. That's fun. You get that little smirk on your face. You like to push those buttons. I love those. It's fun. Uh, okay, three bets for us going here. Let's start with Arizona State plus 12 and a half. What? At home against Arizona. We're taking the big dog here. A team that lost by 45 points on the road at Arizona less than a month ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're eight and six ATS at home. Arizona State is 10 and seven ATS in the pack 12. 
They're four oh. and one over their last five. They're hot covering numbers. And this is a team that just beat Washington State, the same Washington State team that Arizona lost to. Devils plus 12 and a half. Better to book it. Oh, pain. Right now, your picks suck. True. But not really in college basketball. I'm, I'm, probably, I'm just 500. I'm just treading water. It's everything else that's killing me. I like this one, though. It's too high. It's too high. It's a rivalry game. It's too high. Just, no, I mean, Arizona could blow them out again. But it's it's set up. This is going to be a tight game. Can Arizona lose? Yes. They lost to Oregon State on the road. Yes. 100% Arizona, Arizona can lose this game. The last time I bet against Arizona as this big of a dog was against Oregon State. They were 16-point dogs. They won outright. Yeah. They lay eggs. And in rivalry games, Arizona's 12-12. and 12. They're going nowhere. This is it. They're going to play the Pac-12 tournament, and the game's going to be, and the season's over. They're on to the Big 12. Bet it. Second bet. Butler, minus one. At home against St. John's. This is where I disagree with Covey. This is desperation central for for Butler. Have they played already this season? Yes. And? St. John's won at St. John's. Easy? Pretty easy. I think it was 16 points. Let's see. Uh, they oh. beat him by 16 points. Yeah. How long ago? Uh, the It was the 16th of January. No, sorry. That was the, hold on. Oh, that was a while ago. Okay. It was the uh, second, second of January. Oh, this is one of the first conference games. Yes. Okay, so toss that out. Okay. Is Rick wearing a white suit tonight? No, he's on the road. This is at Butler. This is Thad Mata's going to wear the white suit tonight. <laughs> Thad Mata needs to be the one wearing the white suit tonight. Uh, Butler. We, I think Butler's the side. They got a. It's just desperation. It's just they, they are they are they're hanging on by a thread. Their tournament hopes. They got to get a W. And I think it's a it's a buy low on on Butler. Sell high on St. John's. St. John's has covered one time in their last five. Excuse me, last five games, and that was the win over Creighton. That was the win over Creighton, which was the last game, right? Correct. But on the road, Georgetown didn't cover. Providence didn't cover. Xavier didn't cover. Seton Hall didn't cover. Butchie just blessed it. Deuces, Butchie. Butler is the side. Uh-huh. Dare I make it a B-squared play, Butchie? I don't do it too often. We got to get P-Rod out of a little bit of a funk. People <laughs> coming at him and the Discord channels and all this other crap. All this other shows and all this shit. I agree, Covey. It's going to get everyone on the Johnnies. Number will get everyone on the Johnnies. We want to be on Butler. Of course. Home team. All right. Sure. We ain't done it for a while. B squared bucket. Look at that. All right. And then Make finally, sure she was listening. Finally, we're going under 228 and a half nuggets in the Kings. NBA under. I mean, unders are good. To you can get a better have- number. You can get a better price than I got. You can get 231 and a half right now. Right. You can get three point better than I got. So take, if you like the under 32. Yep. It's going up. They're betting up. So better. Moving better. on up. But again, the 228 and a half, that was overnight. It got re it got reposted somehow, some way. Got reposted. Jefferson's moving on up. Um all right. I, I like under 232. Bostonian book butler. <laughs> nice picture. Coming. It's one and a half now, Butler. That true? Butler flipped to the dog. Oh, that's beautiful. Really? 
Oh, that's even better. Oh, Take it. That's that's beautiful. 232 on that. Thank you, Butchie. Go ahead and do it. Yep. Thank you, JCBKC. Yes, my picks suck today. They have sucked actually, but I appreciate that that curse. It's good. St. John's and Butler. It's now pick them. Fandle's yeah. got a Fandle's at one and a half. It's well, it must be going the other way. Yeah. Beautiful. Gosh, that's great. Let them bet that. That's, that's right. You like when it moves the other way. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Go ahead and hammer it. It's great. Uh, super chat questions. We got one of them from our friend, Big Business. Funny Big business. this morning, I was on Seton Hall plus eight and a half, Arizona State plus 12, but their money line, Providence plus 11 and a half. All right, good. So Big Business and I are seeing the board correctly. That's good. Or at least that was before he listened to the juice? Before, yeah. So he didn't, he, wow. he's on. He's on the two things, Butler so money line. The juice now or what? That sounds like huh? the same picks. <laughs> kind of. I only have two. He has four. I only have two plays on that. Uh, favorite thing about today is what? Um. So we uh, we were looking last night at possibly going to see Kylie play in Florida for a couple of days. Ooh. Are you aware? That the airline tickets for the one week that they know it's spring break to Florida are two point five times the cost. Easy. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, every year, I'm from Boston, man. This is what we, this is what we know. This this is everyone's. I have friends of mine who went to Florida last week from because last week was mass spring break. This week is New Hampshire spring break. Yes, I mean parents, we've known this for a very long time that there is a massive price gouge for going to Florida during spring break. That is some bullshit. 100% bullshit, but it's everything is more expensive. The hotels are jacked. It's like Vegas. It's it's like Vegas during CES. Well, I, yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. Okay, mm-hmm. so we may have to alt-plan stuff or right. send them off without me or something. I don't know what, but I just learned this today. It was my favorite thing about today. I was like, this is complete and utter bullshit. I was going to try to maybe swing by. um make a two-stop thing and, and go to Louisiana. Uh, I want to see somebody down there in uh, that park. You know, it's in kind of far away. Might be going it's kind of and, far away. You know that, right? Like that's not like your quick stop. Northern Florida. Panhandle? Northern Florida. No, but so wait, wait, which side though? It's a big difference because Jacksonville to New, to New Orleans is enormously different. <laughs> like the it's other like side. Eight hours apart. The other side. So it's a panhandle like the Tallahassee side. Somewhere close to there. Okay. Florabama, baby. Let's go. So I was like, wow. Okay. But I was just checking it out. And and my favorite thing about it all was like, you know, because Jess looked for the week before and the week after. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, we'll save a lot of money if we would be going. I'm like, but the kids aren't off of school. And she's not going to be there playing softball. Right. Yeah. So we're not taking a trip to Florida. Without going to see the softball, like right. so, they they got us by the short hairs, right? And I learned all about that today, yep. and I was like, okay, everybody breathe, we'll figure it out. So everything about today was, well, we're in bonus time. Fuck you, airlines. Like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's fucking bullshit. This is not my favorite thing about today, but I think there are moments to take stock of the blessings that we all have. Stacy Wakefield died today. Stacey Wakefield was the wife of Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield died about six months ago. Wait a second. Was she sick? They both were sick with cancer at the same time. 
And oh. I, I'm going to get emotional because I'm I'm talking about because of the kids. I can't imagine losing your mother and your father in the same year. Oh, being, being as young as they are. Oh, they have two children, beautiful family. How old are the kids? Teenagers. Yeah, it looks that way. It looks like that they were oh. Trevor and Bri- Brianna are their kids. Most of the pictures you see of them were pretty young. Like when Tim Wakefield retired, his kids were pretty young, like eight and nine, 10 years old. So I'm oh guessing they're in their teens now. Red Sox announced uh, it's with deep sadness that we share our beloved mother, daughter, sister, niece, and aunt Stacy passed away at her home today in Massachusetts. She was surrounded by her, our family, her dear friends, as well as her wonderful caretakers and nurse. The loss is unimaginable, especially in the wake of losing Tim just under five months ago. Our hearts are beyond broken. My heart is beyond broken for those kids. That there's two little kids oh. that are, they lost both their rocks in five months to cancer, to a brain cancer from Tim and Stacy. I'm not sure which form of, can, of cancer she suffered from, but. Um, it, <laughs> no matter what's going on, a pancreatic cancer, the worst, that's your pancreatic oh, goes oh. so fast. Such the worst cancer to get, but not that it was a good cancer to get, but if you're having a bad day, if you're having a, a shit week, if you're having a tough time, you know, <laughs> gambling and hopefully doesn't have that big of a grip on you that you, you can kind of look at things from a better perspective and realize that a lot, a lot is going on in other people's lives. A lot of really, they could be a lot worse. Things could be a lot worse. Yep. Those, two, those two little kids who are going to grow up with their parents. When did you lose your mom? Five months after I lost my dad. Wait, what? Yeah. They both went. <laughs> they both went within six months of each other. And not like, you know, the old 75, 85 year old married couple where the, you know, the wife goes and the husband goes right afterwards. Right. right. Not like that. I mean, these are people in their prime of their lives. They're not old. They're in their forties and fifties. Like they're, they're, they're really in the middle of their lives. So Ooh. just take a second to kind of look at your life, <sighs> take stock of what's going on, take a breath and realize that there's two little kids who are going to grow up without their parents now because of cancer. It sucks. No wow. way around it. It sucks. Yeah. There's just no, there's, I mean, there's no words, but that's so. a good, it is a good reminder that, you know, you'd have no idea what someone else is going through. One and two, be thankful for <laughs> where you're at and what you got, at least now, because it definitely can change like that. Wow. Can you imagine both your mom and your dad fighting cancer at the same time? It's hard enough with one parent sick, both of them sick at the same time. Whew. My mom helped so much to, to, you know, I mean, when my dad was fighting it, my mom was the rock. You know, there was a point where we were worried about her, but she was the she was the rock. I mean, when when they both are, oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm sorry, Marissa. Oh, wow, and Butchie too. Wow. Butchie, yeah. Both lost parents due to pancreatic Ooh. cancer. Sucks, sucks. So, not my favorite thing about today, but just something that I wanted to mention. Um, those kids are. I mean, luckily their dad made a lot of money, so they're going to be okay financially and whatnot. But like. <laughs> I think they give every dollar back to have another day with their dad and their mom. Right. If they could. So guys, we're back tomorrow. Same place, same time. As always, thank you for being here. We appreciate every one of you. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, be a part of it. Go tell someone about BVB. Thank you for staying. Thank you for being here. Matt Dave back for a Thursday BVB tomorrow.